in the midst of, you know, starting a business, still working full time, I had found myself in another change of life scenario. You're listening to Social Room Podcast, inspired by entrepreneurs. What's your story? We'll start with your birthday. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Social Room Podcast. I'm Sage. And I'm Kate. And it's the new year. It is 2024, everyone. New year, new us. We were just kind of discussing a little bit ago, like what our goal is going to be for this year as a podcast. And we came across the word growth. I think growth is very important, not only for the podcast, but our spirits, our minds, our bodies. So we hope that this podcast and everything else will inspire you guys to think of your 2024 growth. Yes. And even just from when we started the podcast, we've seen a lot of growth in ourselves personally. So I think having that goal for 2024 to continue that in a bigger way and just expand our vision for the podcast, I think is going to be really great for us. So So much to come this year. I mean, we have a full year ahead of us. Like so many cool guests. We're really excited to be sharing their stories. Today's episode is super awesome. We absolutely love our guests and we're excited for what this year brings. And we would love to hear what you guys have for your 2024 goals. So please feel free to share those with us. We would love to hear from you. All right, let's start off the recommendations. So this week, I actually have two recommendations that kind of coincide together. So we took a trip for New Year's Eve to Lansing, North Carolina, and I highly recommend on New Year's Eve, or if you just need a getaway, going to a mountain for a little getaway in the woods. It was so therapeutic. We took the dogs, we cooked on a gas stove and had a wood-burning fireplace. Like it was just the quintessential. I felt like I was in the 1800s when this cabin was built and it just was so cool. There was nobody around us. It was so, so fun. So on the way up there, which is going to be my second recommendation, Adam got a book recently. So I told him I would just read it out loud to him because he was driving. So I was kind of like the audible in a sense. So if podcasting doesn't work out, maybe I can be an <laughs> audiobook reader. There you go. But so my recommendation for this week is going to be Surf When You Can by Brett Crozier. He worked his way up in the military to becoming one of the top leading naval leaders leaders <laughs> read the book the leading know. leaders <laughs> we're keeping it <laughs> he's a commanding officer of some sort i don't really know the navy terms but he has so many great chapters on just life lessons that he's learned throughout his years like working his ranks up into the navy I don't know. Check him out. He's in the Navy. It's a great book. You learn a lot. You learn a life. <laughs> you learn a lot about life. Y'all, this is why we're keeping it short. It's the new year and we are not back to speed. So Sage, take it away. All right. Well, I wrote that down when you were reading it because I've like been super into finding new books and whatnot. You know what I've been into lately is old novels. So like Hemingway and Fitzgerald, I've been like picking up books like from them and and I just want to know these classics that everybody else knows that I didn't maybe read in high school or whatever, but that's not my recommendation. So my recommendations, I have two movies for you guys. They're both 2023 movies. They're a little bit newer. One is called Saltburn. It's a thriller comedy. I'm not Again, even... Again, with the thriller. It's not... It's just like... It's the new year, Sage. I know. It's a new UK, and I really believe in you, honestly. 
<laughs> that's not scary. So maybe you could watch the maybe you watch the preview and decide. The other one is called Poor Things, and it is a sci-fi fantasy film. So I'm not really gonna elaborate on either. Very good movies. Uh, those are my recommendations for the week. All right, guys. Before we get into it, as always, we want to thank our sponsor, Fine Rugs of Charleston, where you can see the widest selection of designer rugs and uncommon carpets at Fine Rugs. Expect exceptional service and the highest quality carpet. They offer a full array of soft surface floor covering products and services, including installation, cleaning, and restoration to residential and commercial customers. So if you plan to stop by their showroom, you can mention our podcast, Social Room Podcast, for 10% off your total purchase. Be sure to check them out online at finerugsofcharleston.com or in person at their beautiful showroom, 1523 Meeting Street, Charleston, South Carolina. All right, guys, enjoy our episode. Today, our guest is a Jane of all trades with nearly 15 years of experience. She's a business owner, a talented interior designer, and an instructor at the Charleston School of Interior Design. Her talents have stretched her projects all over the low country, as well as coastal Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. Welcome the owner of Ivory Home Studio, Rhiannon Esposito. Yay! Hi, guys. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rhiannon. So we always like to start with your business birthday. So go ahead and tell the listeners how Ivory Home Studio got started. So I think like a lot of new business owners, um, COVID had a little something to do with it and <laughs> not to just COVID. sound like, you know, a broken record. But I would say... Thank God for COVID. Thank God for COVID. Yeah. Life-changing event all the way around the world. COVID board. has supported our podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. So I would probably say it was August of COVID year. I don't know if I know an exact date off the top of my head. What was that? Like 2020? 2020. August 2020. Yeah. You know, life was really strange and... I'd been with a company for many, many years, and we were just kind of like at a standstill, um, you know, working from home and navigating closures and things like that. And I would say my brain just started churning and I was thinking like, oh gosh, like what if the whole world changes? What if we don't go back to work? Like what do I do and what can I take from, you know, everything I know and have learned along the way and put it into something I'm passionate about and will just kind of allow me to keep going. So August 2020, I would say, is my business birthday for Every Home Studio. Nice. Yeah. So are you still very heavily involved with that? Do you still have projects that you're working on? How is it going today? So I do. Um, what is this? Like three, almost four years later? Um, Heading on four years later. Yes. yes. So yes, I am still working on Ivory Home Studio. I do have a few active projects, but I will say that in the midst of, you know, starting a business, still working full time, I had found myself in another change of life scenario. My son, who will be three in February, had been diagnosed with autism. And again, it was just like this change of news that I'm like, okay, now what? What's next? So yes, I've still been working to grow Ivory Home. I have also needed to get a bit creative in just what I can do that, again, allows me to be passionate and have self-fulfillment, but also be available for him and just giving him the support that he needs on a daily basis. So currently, I would say, you know, working with some of my clients at Ivory Home, I've also been teaching at the Charleston School of Interior Design. 
I've taken on a little more course loads there, teaching design two as well as AutoCAD, and maybe some new upcoming exciting classes for 2024. Oh, that's exciting. Um, you know, because I just love to take on all the things. <laughs> um, and, you know, doing some design work. I'm still assisting my previous employer in kind of phasing myself out and passing on some of the workload because I was managing a rug and carpet showroom here in Charleston. So dabbling here and there, but I think at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm a consultant, a Jane of all trades for sure. So the I new am. position that you have is more adaptive to the lifestyle you've had to Absolutely. adjust to for your son, right? Yeah. So my son ends up getting... Gosh, I think last time I counted, it's somewhere between like 30 and 40 hours a week of therapies. So, I mean, that in and of itself is like a full-time job. Do you have to be present for all of those? For some of them. For the majority of them, I will say. So, you know, the ability to work from home or work from the road or work from the car outside of the therapist's office is really important to me. But like I said, kind of needing to be there for him and just doing things that allow me that flexibility has been absolutely the best. I want to know who helps you balance that work life because you can't do it all on your own. Yeah. What does your support system look like? So I would say I'm very lucky to have a good support system. I have found myself in the past year also become a single mother, but I have a wonderful family. I'm lucky that my parents live here in Charleston as well. My parents absolutely adore my son and help immensely with him when I'm just not able to be around or I guess allowing me the ability to go off when I do need to teach or go to a job site visit and things like that. So very grateful to my parent. And I would also say I have a really great group of friends that know and love my son and help out wherever they can. So I think, you know, I do have a great group of folks around me that makes this all possible. That's amazing (laughs) to have a huge support system to help you carry through all these things that you do. Absolutely. Love that. Yeah, and you do so much, and you're so hands-on with your son. Absolutely. Can we say his name or no? Absolutely. So his name is Kanan, um, and like I said, he is just a little ball of sunshine for sure. He keeps me on my toes. I mean, the terrible twos didn't get that name for nothing. <laughs> um, Did he have so much fun this Christmas season? Oh my gosh, oh. yes. We were very lucky. So one of my brothers lives down here as well. I have other siblings that live up in New York, but my brother is a firefighter, so he's usually on call on the holidays and things. So this year he was off. It was nice for Kanan and he to spend some time together. And also we got to go visit my best friend and her kids for New Year's. And when those kids get together, they just have a blast. So that was really, really nice. Well, don't get too accustomed to the terrible twos going away because I hear terrible threes are just as bad. <laughs> That's, I think they say like three nagers. Three nagers. Three nagers. I haven't heard that yet. Yeah. Great term. Because when he turned two, I was like, my gosh, what are they talking about? Like, what an angel. This is so easy. And like, no joke, I want to say like September, October of this year. So, like, a little more than two and a half. I'm like, oh, there it is. He rounded a corner and he was like, I'm ready. ready And there was no turning back. Freaking havoc. Oh, my goodness. Climbing and jumping on every little thing. He also now, like, goes to the fridge and, like, opens it up, like, grabs what he wants and stuff. And I'm like, oh, is this where we're at? I think it's just so interesting. Like, you have a kid and you're like, oh, this little precious baby needs me so much. 
and you know you're doing all those things and then it's like you know just like that they've developed their own personality like they're their own person and mm. it's just it's incredible to watch but it happens fast and you're like whoa oh nobody gosh. prepared me for this yeah and then oh, soon enough exciting. they'll be talking back to you and staying out late with their friends and I couldn't care less it. about you i know it so yeah soak it all up while you can oh, <laughs> love that so how do you balance three jobs plus being <laughs> a mom and having full-time therapies for canaan yeah so i think i had already mentioned it's like really important to be able to have the flexibility in what i do so you know when i'm teaching that's usually maybe like a six to eight week period of one night a week. So, you know, not a huge time commitment in that regard. But, you know, when it comes to day-to-day stuff, when I need to meet with clients, go to job sites, meet deadlines, I think that support system is really helpful to be able to take on some of the, the childcare responsibilities. But I think the main thing is like keeping a balance and kind of time management being a really high priority. So, you know, I feel like before all of this, I'd be like, oh, I could totally get to that I can you know do this later I need to now be very strict with my time management so it's like I know that in the mornings I need to get up get him ready for what he's got to do and then once I get that started I can then sit you know be on the computer checking emails making phone calls and so on and then also too I think during the day while he's up and active being available to him is so important that I'll then kind of like shut off until, you know, evening time, late afternoons, nap time. I get a good two, three hours when he'll nap uh, <laughs> to get some stuff done. So it's almost like I break up my day into sections. <clears throat> so like I said, kind of that let's both get ready for the day. I get him started. I can work for a few hours. We do lunch. I put him down for a nap. I get another couple solid hours to get some work done. We enjoy the evenings together. We always do dinner together and we play, you know, read books before bed and stuff. And then ideally, I like to get him, I'd say down between like seven, eight o'clock. That way I still have a good like hour or two at the end of the day to kind of finish something up, get ready for the next day. And then I try to shut off at a certain time as well. What so, time is that? <laughs> I would say realistically, I'm a night owl kind of person. Uh, me too. So yeah, it's like in the morning, I don't feel like I'm firing on all cylinders to begin with. So it's nice to be able to like ease into my day and really get started around like 9, 10 a.m. I would say realistically like 10 or 11 is oh like my, my shut off time. That's a good time. And two, if it's like a night where I don't have an early morning the next morning, I mean, I love to get all like fired up. So if I'm like really into something, I'll like keep working. And next thing I know, I'm like, oh, I should probably be in bed. <laughs> but yeah, I would say realistically, I give myself to like 10 or 11 o'clock. That way I could then kind of like kick back, lay in bed, watch some trashy still TV. Still get and... a solid amount of sleep. Yeah, and still yeah, get a yeah. good, good night's sleep because, oh gosh, that's so important. <laughs> well, you and I have like a really close relationship. We met through Charleston School of Interior Design and yes, um, we've been really close ever since and I've just kind of seen this change in you of just like you just exude happiness now and so while your schedule is extremely packed and full and busy you just seem really satisfied and at peace so what kind of has gotten you to that point or do you think like being able to be so flexible for your son and still be fulfilled as a working mom do mm -hmm. you think that has kind of given you that peace so i don't know what i was like expecting like i said oh. this past year really threw me a lot of curveballs let's say january 1 of 2023 where i thought the year would go like i was just completely blindsided by so many things and so many changes but yes i like to have a plan but if you over plan you might almost set yourself up sometimes for like disappointment or 
oh, that didn't go as I'd hoped. So I think kind of going into this open-minded, but just knowing that I had this very specific goal was a big part of it. I think once I stepped back from being full on in my past career, I realized like, wow, this is also giving me a lot of fulfillment. And the fact that I'm allowed to be present and I didn't have those career stressors like impeding on me all the time is a really big part of it too. Being able to take a step back and reevaluate your priorities. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's super and important. And it's like, you know, I came from a position of management. And while, like I said, prior to motherhood and prior to diagnosis, that was always very fulfilling to me, being the leader and assisting and leading other, other people passionate about, you know, interior design or whatever. I think sometimes, or at least recently, I've realized, like, you don't always have to be the one in charge. You know, sometimes you almost have to be guided by what life throws at you or, again, just like I mentioned, not really being able to plan every finite detail. I think being open-minded really helped me and just being there for what's important is a big part of what has helped me be so mentally clear and so happy now. So that's like eye-opening to just think that we don't have to be the boss. We don't have to be in charge because as women in society, it's almost portrayed as like, that's the ultimate goal for you to be equal to man or whatever is for you to be the boss is for a woman to get to that position, the highest position they could possibly get to. And then you're accomplished in everybody else's eyes. Then you're successful. So absolutely being able to step back and take that weight off of I'm fulfilled, not being the boss. I'm fulfilled in this other position. And it's just so funny too, because like I said, prior to my new normal, I was totally that girl. I was like always super driven. Not that I'm not now. I was always super driven. I always like knew exactly where I was headed and what I wanted to do. And it's so funny too, because like all of my friends would always say to me, you have always been like a total badass. You set out to do something and you crush it. And then you're like, what's next? What now? So early on in my career, I was just like climbing the ranks and getting better opportunities. And you know, like what's next? What can I do now? What can I accomplish now? And while that's all super important, I just kind of feel like now that I've taken a step back, I'm like, I've been there and I've done that. You've accomplished Like I've accomplished so much that it's like, what's next is totally different now. So I really think that, you know, it was completely unexpected, but I'm probably the most fulfilled I've ever been. You've always been such an inspiration to me because one time, maybe a year ago, you said that everything you set out to accomplish, you did. And that to me is just like, that's so inspiring. And like being able to work towards those things. And then once you prove to yourself, not that we all need to prove something to ourselves, but that kind of is like being an adult and being on your own and growing and becoming a professional, having to prove to yourself that you can do it and you've done it, you've done all these things. And I was like, oh, that is the goal. That is just, I mean, even if I can accomplish anything that I set out to do and you've accomplished everything you've set out to do. So you're such an inspiration to me and I'm really excited that we get to like oh, speak with you, you and share yeah, your story like today. Got it out of the way early. Like yeah, got right. it out of my system early. Get it out early. of your system early. I think too, it's like when I first started my career, I was working for a builder and for an architect and it was almost like, okay, I'm this little pipsqueak. Like I just finished college. I know nothing. And like kind of learning my way and learning the ranks. I must feel like to working for, I'm not saying interior design is a male dominated industry, but the building industry in general typically is. So it was just like, I always felt at that time, like 
I've got stuff to prove. Like I've got to prove that I know what I'm doing. I've got to prove that, you know, I can take on these responsibilities, this project, whatever it is. So I feel like I started kicking butt and taking names and, mm-hmm. you know, didn't look back. And I really feel like that set me up to be able to, you know, conquer now this next, next bit of life. What is your degree in? So I have a bachelor's in interior design. I think I might've mentioned to you all, I was always, always interested in interior design and architecture growing up. I probably grew that love and passion from my grandfather. He would take me to art museums and he was in advertising. So he was huge on art and um, education and growing up, it was just so fun to spend time with him and, you know, go to the Met and go to all these cool places and just really kind of soak it in from him. So I've always kind of had that love for the arts and, you know, to say like it was instilled in me or really kind of he fostered that love because he had it too. That's kind of what drove me down that path. I originally thought I would go for architecture and I remember being, you know, close to the end of high school and everyone gives you that pressure of like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do for the rest of your life? And I remember actually saying to my parents, like, I don't want to go right to college. I want to take like a year or two off and see the world and figure it out. And of course, that was not the answer they wanted to hear. They're like, (laughs) no, you're going to college because if you don't go now, you'll never go. So not to say I felt painted in the corner, but I was like, well, then I'm going to go to art school because I just, I love art. I love design. I love architecture. Um, And I really thought that I would go all the way with architecture. And then I was like, no, I can't do that. I'm so bad at math. (laughs) And like, I'm a math whiz. So I don't know where my head was there, but I like didn't go that route. And I was like, you know what? Interior design. Yes. So I've got uh, my bachelor's in interior design. And you now teach at the Charleston School of Interior Design. So how important is education to you? Do you think you need it to be successful in this career? Or do you think it's a good tool to have? What are your thoughts? So I guess I'm a big advocate for education because I feel like even today, like I'm always learning. I'm always wanting to further what I know and share what I know with others. I think that's what led me into teaching was the fact that I've just been so fortunate to have great mentors in my life and learn so much. And then now I've got that passion to share it with others. And to be quite honest, like having the two of you in class (laughs) and now just seeing what you're doing again, like y'all are inspiring me as well, because I just, I love that. Like, I love seeing people's passions, like, burning inside them and, you know, where they'll go with it. But I am a huge, huge proponent for education. I think it's important. I'm not saying that everyone has to have it, you know. School or a degree, so to speak, isn't for everybody. But I think learning what you can about what you're interested in is so important. And then constantly fueling that and, you know, expanding upon it. I think a really big reason I went to the school is I obviously have a passion for interior design, but also networking. And like we're sitting, the three of us here are Mm -hmm. connected through the classes that we took that you were teaching and Sage and I were students in about a year ago. It's just so wild that we're all sitting here with that connection and it's school that got us there. And I can see all of the connections that I've been able to have through my anesthesia career with that, my all my college connections. I'm sure y'all can say the same thing. So I feel like even with school, like it's always learning, but also that networking. And I think you're also a big component about 
about networking. Completely. I was just going to say, I know this sounds so corny, but they say it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yes. And I just, I remember moving to Charleston too. And I was already, like I said, a little immersed in interior design as a career. Um, I had worked a little bit up in the Northeast before moving down here. And, you know, up there, it's like this big, scary place. There's all these big cities and, you know, things are very competitive up there. I remember when I moved down here, kind of, I guess, having that in my mind and going into, you know, job searching and things like that in the same light. But I don't know, Charleston was such a welcoming community, like a welcoming design community. I mean, there's people I'd met early on that like helped me, again, find other opportunities or just connected me with other people that have become lifelong friends and acquaintances. So I'm also really huge on networking and I don't know, I feel like there's enough work out there for everybody. Like you don't need to necessarily be like protective of your, your knowledge or, you know, your connections. I've always like, you know, I've helped students find jobs. I've helped students connect with other students. And I just think it's so important to have people in your life that point you in the right direction or steer you, you know, toward, toward beneficial, you know, opportunities. Yeah, you share the well. You're like big on that. Sorry if you guys hear Charlie moan. She's sleeping right now and we're bothering her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think just like you being such a people person and so open was great for me starting out in interior design school. You were the first teacher that I had and I was just like, oh my gosh, her energy about interior design like fueled me and it gave me this energy that was like super contagious and I was like wow is everybody like this is everyone this excited are there like really these this many opportunities and I'm pretty sure I begged you to give me a pass to go to high point market but <laughs> you did and and you were like super willing to just mentor and and share that knowledge and that has been a big part of like me being so excited about interior design myself so I commend you for that because just your attitude alone, you could be a teacher and you could share your knowledge, but your attitude on what you're teaching just really fuels and ignites these passions in other people. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Absolutely. And like I said, I mean, I wouldn't know the things I knew if it wasn't for people teaching me and steering me in the right direction. I have just been so incredibly fortunate to have great mentors myself that, you know, have probably taught me what I knew to to pass on to you all. Um, You know, architects, builders, I've had some great designers that I've had the privilege of working for and working with. And it's like, sometimes too, I would walk away so excited, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they shared that with me or, you know, that they think highly enough of me to, you know, teach me these things. So I just, I'm huge on like paying it forward. And yeah, so I just feel like I'm super passionate and that's probably what comes through as I'm teaching or assisting you guys in being able to make connections and things like that. I'm just, I'm really huge on paying it forward. Cool. Yeah. Even talking about it right now, we can see like the light in your eyes about it. It's easy. I mean, it's easy to talk about (laughs) something you love, right? Totally. I know. Like I could probably talk all day. I constantly (laughs) in the back of my mind, I'm always saying these like corny things like, oh, pay it forward or whatever I'd said before. But I really, really believe that's true. That if you are passionate or love what you're doing, you're not really working. So I think that is another thing that has assisted me in my current role as you know, working mom or, you know, entrepreneurial mom or whatever you want to call it is the fact that I just, 
I love what I do. So when I do need to commit those hours to working, I don't really feel like that's what I'm doing. You're just, just enjoying it. feel like I'm having it. fun. Yeah, yeah. right. Absolutely. You're, you're entertaining a hobby or something. Totally. And back to connections, I feel like when you are so passionate, your connections line up like so much stronger mm. versus like when you're both not really into it or you don't really care to be there. Like if you're at an event and you're talking to somebody and you're both like just fully excited about this, like you're going to meet each other again. You're going to grab coffee. You're going to talk Absolutely. more. Like you're going to meet other people through those people. Yeah. Are going to go so much deeper through Absolutely. that passion versus just like showing up and just being there. So yeah, no, I Good agree. Point, Kate. So maybe entrepreneur shit. Okay. I'm really curious about your story. All right, guys. <laughs> so this is our first little bit that we are going to try out. That's new. So basically, being an entrepreneur can be so rewarding, but it can also be extremely challenging. We want to hear it all. We call this bit entrepreneur shit. <laughs> what is one story you could share with the listeners that show a different side to being an entrepreneur? All right. So I think, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're basically responsible for every facet of your business or the jobs that you're working on. You don't necessarily have someone that you could be like, oh, take this pain in the butt client. You know, so I would almost say that the the drawback, the not fun part is kind of being immersed in like, crap, I need to take care of this problem or this person. So I had this client that was just off the wall. Um, and again, she was a kind person, but she came with her quirks, like to the point where she'd like, call around me if she felt like I wasn't working on her project fast enough and almost like I felt like it made it look like I didn't know what I was doing or that I wasn't delivering and I was just like this is really terrible you know I would get calls from some of my vendors sometimes and they're like you know so and so called today and please let her know that we can't deal with her like you're our customer you're the designer you're you're our the customer. point of contact. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I think it was a real struggle because like I said, it made me feel like I wasn't delivering to her what I should have been. But then when I look back at it now, I'm like, she just wasn't an ideal client for me. And I took her on early on when, you know, you start your business, you're usually saying yes to anything and everything. And it's like, I grew from it. I took her on. I did all these things. She was very helpful in jumpstarting my business. And then when I thought about it, I was like, I need to cut ties. Like, yeah. she is not my ideal client. She is not somebody that I want to sign my name to if she's creating these strange instances between my vendors and myself. So I would say the main drawback, the entrepreneur shit, would be that sometimes you got to, like, cut ties. You got to realize like who's your people and who's not yes perfect do you still work with her no oh i let I'm her go for you. i let her go and it's like i said like she was so instrumental at the beginning of my business because it's really what gave me that like you can do this you know um we had a bunch of stuff lined up to do and we did it but it was like then you know we accomplished those tasks together and then it was just like every little thing I was like I can't be your life coach you know right. I gotta draw the line somewhere I've got my own stuff happening and you know I think it was probably earlier last year that I was like maybe middle of last year that I was finally like okay you know like I understand that this is the most important thing that you've got going on but life 
is so much bigger than just that. And it's not working for me. It's not fulfilling me, you know. What type of project was it? It was interior design project. So we were furnishing, she has this beautiful house in Tennessee. Um, And I think too, because I am such a people person, you know, we had met and kind of clicked. She had been working on this home with her mother. The mother passed away. So for years, she had kind of like neglected finishing her home because it was like a touchy area for her. So she <laughs> needed a therapist. So, yeah, it's like, almost like there was like unfinished business there. And like I said, I think the compassionate side of me was like, oh, I would love to help you complete this home to honor your mother, to finish what you started and so on. But then, like I said, I think it was like there was probably a lot there that I didn't realize at the time. And it was like, I was like, oh, holy, you know, shit. Like, what have I gotten myself into? Entrepreneurship. So I was just like, I can't, like, you're not paying me enough to be your therapist woman. But like I said, I wish her well. And I think she had kind of gotten to a point, too, where she was just like, you're not delivering to me what I'm expecting. And I think, too, we all need to be realistic at the end of the day. Like, if I can't devote myself 100% to what she was wanting because that wasn't in line with what I want or what my goals were, we all came to that realization and parted ways. Good for you for getting there. There'll be other jobs. (laughs) There will be be more entrepreneurship, too. There sure will. Plenty of those stories. Mm -hmm. Well, let's transition to our fun little game called This or That. All right. Traditional or modern? Probably more modern. Accent wall or paint it all? I'd probably say paint it all if I had to choose. Vintage or new? Vintage. (laughs) Are you a planner or spontaneous? I like to think of myself as a planner, but I am so spontaneous. Favorite color to use in your designs? I would probably say blue. All right. Favorite furniture piece? I would probably say a good chair. Like, I'm really big into mid-century or even modern furniture that's truly from like the 20s so just like a great statement chair i thought about you when i wrote this question because i was like thinking about our history class Mm -hmm. when we talked all about the different chairs yes Yes. i think a good statement chair makes all the difference the chairs were truly the pivotal points of history absolutely (laughs) Absolutely. they changed the most don't quiz us right now though no no of course not but yeah now that you think i mean from the beginning of I just remember all the different chairs on each side. Absolutely. Yeah. A good statement chair. Uh, Okay. So a little bit deeper questions. I want to know how you feel about someone showing you something on Pinterest. Do you welcome that? Or are you like, no, that's not realistic. So I think that it's a big part of the beginning, like design development. You know, I think the way I like to use Pinterest is almost as a tool for like collected thoughts. So if, you know, I start working with a client, I might say like, hey, send me your Pinterest boards or send me things you pinned for this particular room. I think it's a great starting point, but sometimes based on what that particular client's budget might be or, you know, kind of their lifestyle, I think sometimes that Pinterest and house and the internet in general can kind of create these unrealistic or unavailable, we'll say, uh, situations. That's yeah. how my sister is. She does my hair and she's like, I hate when you show me pictures of somebody on Pinterest because like 
you were not even close to that. And we are not accomplishing that today. <laughs> so it's funny you said that. I went to get my haircut the other day and so I good. showed the woman a picture and she's like, no joke. I was like, thanks for being so honest. She's like, I'm not doing that. She's like, <laughs> she's like I oh, think gosh. that's just a little too, I can't remember what she said, but she's like, for your face shape, I would suggest blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? You're the beautician. I trust yeah, you. Right. Go this for it. This is your career. I and tell you. I've gotten so many compliments on my new haircut that I'm like, you know what, Teresa? Thank you, girl. She was right. She was so right. But it was just, it was so funny. I literally like pulled up a Pinterest image or whatever, showed it to her. And she's like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. That's the job as the professional to kind of rear in your client. But I find the other struggle with Pinterest is that they keep adding. I love hate Pinterest because it really does help convey like what your client likes but it can right. get a little shut too it far. off because right. it's like that's it spinning your wheels on like a powder bath and we're like come on <laughs> we gotta get through this yeah, whole right, house right yeah we're backsliding so no i feel like you know i i definitely like it as a foundational start i think like Design once you get to yeah. exactly like once you get to a proposal and that being accepted like we're done with pinterest now yeah <laughs> thank you put it away yeah, yeah. don't <laughs> sign out delete it off your phone <laughs> until after we're done <laughs> absolutely okay Next question. What is your favorite place in Charleston? I love downtown Charleston and the Battery. I think that's like quintessential Charleston, you know, what people picture. But my favorite place in Charleston is probably Shem Creek. Yes. It's just so like low country to me, you know, like dinner on the water and people cruising by on kayaks and their boats. And I'd probably almost say like when I first moved to Charleston, you know, like we'd went there for dinner one evening and I was just like this this is the lifestyle I need. And now anytime I have friends or visitors come to Charleston, Me too. that's where I take them. Yes. If I had a free afternoon, which is definitely not common anymore, <laughs> but like that's where you'd find me. Out at Reds. Love it. You know, sipping a beer, out on a boat, pulling up Shem Creek. Like I just love Shem Creek. I feel the same, but I yeah. love Shem Creek and it has such a low country vibe, but just Absolutely. being on the water where all the boaters are going by and it's so heavily saturated with restaurants and just people that mm-hmm. you're just like oh this is boat life this is life yes. on the water and it's... the marsh is right there and they've yeah. got this i don't know if you've ever had the chance to like walk around but they've got this like boardwalk yes that kind of that goes, goes all the way out and if you go at sunset yes oh, it's just it's so like stunning. i said that's my like envisionment of low country living i love 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 it and There's also a great mix of restaurants there, yeah, so a, lot of a little something for everybody. Styles. A new sushi place just opened up. Yeah, too. I haven't yeah. eaten there yet, that but it's really pretty. Sunset, something like yeah. that. I haven't been yet yeah. either. Yeah. And I also, when I have free time, I love to be outdoors. I love to kayak. So again, when I moved to Charleston, that was like one of the first places where we went out, you know, on the kayaks and stuff. So I just, I love being near the water, on the water. Also, a little inside tip for anybody who's not from Charleston. That is where they film Outer Banks. Yeah. In Shem Creek. So you'll recognize it. If you ever come here and you go to Shem Creek, you'll recognize that from Outer Banks. They can't actually film in Outer Banks, North Carolina because of, I guess, legal reasons or filming rights. Yeah. So actually, just a little another tidbit about um, Outer Banks. At one of my previous places of employment... Rex of Charleston, your sponsor. I had the pleasure of working with some of the set designers on Outer Banks for rugs or set. So that was really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I should have another bit entrepreneur shit that's like dope shit. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That cool isn't shit. making you pull your yeah. hair out. Um, but yeah, so that was really cool. Outer Banks so cool. and dope I think shit. like Righteous Gemstones, which is more of an HBO thing, but there was like a couple of shows. There's a lot of film done here in Charleston. Yeah. 
so righteous gemstones i'm watching it one day and i look on the screen and it's like one of the beginning first scenes in there like the person in the mask and the shoot off or whatever and that is literally the at home parking lot and on I rivers was on rivers i was like yeah it actually is very great you don't really need too much staging for that right. one they're like but... this is actually real real happening I was <laughs> so a like, event. Yeah. that i've been there so many times and it's just so funny what film can do with like mm -hmm. a scene and how they can change it and edit it but Yes, a lot of films are actually in Charleston, which is pretty cool. Okay, our last question is, which one of our lovely spunky grannies do you like the best? Okay, I've been waiting for this moment. I think, what, second from the left on the top. Wait, yes, wait, the weightlifter? Yes. Yes. She's just like, powerful, you know, strong. I'm powerful, I'm strong, like, look at me go. Yes. I mean, they're all pretty great, and I could probably some others but i think like that's the one that speaks to me most because yeah. like i said i'm a like take the life by the horns kind of lady and she's got a cool hat she's got sunglasses yeah we'll post it she for you guys badass. no one has picked her yet no one has picked the same one which i am just shook i know we I haven't had say. we haven't had nine what how many is up there i can't count it, it, funny too because yeah. some of them look it's like they're like, the... get off <laughs> sorry guys one dog is trying to hump the other dog it's funny too because i feel like some of them are the same person in different poses they are yeah. two yeah. women and they're in different poses but they have very different personalities in each photo exactly so her personality speaks to me yeah it's like why i chose her she's just like hell yeah yeah she's they're, a badass for real they're all inspiration I 10 why can't i count there's 10 no out of we haven't had 10 oh, guests yeah. yet but every single guest i think we've had like Thanks, Kate. I can, so I'm not good at math either. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. As always, you can find us at SoRoPod on Instagram. You can go to our website at socialroompodcast.com, or you can send us an email if you guys have any suggestions or people you'd like to hear from at socialroompodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. We'll see you in a few weeks. Bye. Bye. I'm pregnant. <laughs>